Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach. John John and Nathan Florence have both been using Whoop for over three years now to balance their training both in and out of the water. Now, Whoop is introducing the all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training and health, personalised recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better and now feel healthier with Whoop. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen and more. The device also features an all-new smart alarm, designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with their anywhere technology, so you can wear it with their Whoop body sensor enhanced technical garments. The all-new health monitor dashboard gives you a big picture look at your overall health. Monitor key metrics like heart rate, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, skin temperature, and blood oxygen levels. Plus, see improvements in irregularities and vital signs over time. You can even export 30-day health trends to share with your coach, trainer, PT, PCP, or physician. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of your membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code BEACHGRIT at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter B-E-A-C-H-G-R-I-T at checkout. Save 15%. Adam Vaughan Blakey, Aka Vaughan Deadly, is a surf writer, editor, commentator, ain't that swell podcaster, film director, as well as the frontman of the DIY surf punks, the Goons of Doom. Vaughan started out as a junior writer at Tracks and went on to edit Waves magazine and Surfing World, Surfing World magazine for almost two decades. All the time he was making surf vids and music. His most famous probably surf clips include Doped Youth and more recently Postca- Postcard from Morgs. Despite more than 20 years in this vainglorious shit show that is the surf industry, I've yet to find anyone with a bad word to say about Vaughan, and God knows I tried. I think his love of all things surfing, that's, that has sustained a remarkable career. He just loves this stuff. I'll tell you what, in Australian terms, he's what's termed a good cunt. With way more weird shit in the pipeline, he's nowhere, nowhere near done yet. And for the Dirty Water podcast series, myself, Ben Mundy, caught up with Vaughn after he'd had 12 schooners at the local pub, and this is it. Enjoy. How are you, mate? <laughs> oh, the old China, the old space ghost. There he is. Here he is, mate. <laughs> Loud and clear, fucking bronze as you like, in a little fucking Portuguese commentary booth. Where are you sitting? I'm sitting in... You can hear me all right? Yeah, loud, mate. All good. Oh, good. Good, yeah. Uh, I'm actually sitting in my garage in Lennox Head. I'm, um, yeah, boozed as. I had a long lunch and now I've just had dinner and got a skin full, mate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Classic Wednesday in Lennox. Hey, Ben. Good, mate. Good, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. What? We went out, we went, uh, I was, we're doing some work, commentary work in Portugal. Went out last night and watched Liverpool play Benfica at the football with a big Champions League match. Took, um, took loads of edible weed, 
had some gummies, got off my head, fucking watched the game of football, just went for a surf. Life's all pretty good, man. Life's all pretty good. Mantle, mantle. Man, I miss you. I haven't seen you for so long. A long time. Holy smokes. I've been keeping track but of you, mate, but yeah, we haven't geez, caught up. Geez, you and uh, Paulie do. Oh, likewise, you and uh, Paulie just light me up when you're commentating. It's so <laughs> fun. So fun. Yeah, man. It's great. Good. You're really good team, man. It's good to see. Thanks, mate. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, you know, still paying the bills. Although he, he got the start on the um, on the CT in Portugal and I, I got relegated. I was on the QS. So that, I was hanging around doing some other work, but that was a – you know, mm. I've been 10 years on the QS, but I'll get, I'll get there one day, Vaughn. One day I'll just get that. I'll yeah, get man. That. I mean, I'll, I'll get the alternate. Well, someone will fucking die or something. Micro did 17. <laughs> Micro did 17 years, mate. you got another seven before exactly. you have to uh, crack it. Well, I don't, saw him. Don't get downhearted. <laughs> I saw him at the vent and I went, I've been on the QS longer than you, Micro. He goes, fuck off, have you, Monday? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, it was good. I thought of you too. I mean, when uh, when old the drummer from Food Fighters died, and I was chatting about that, and then I um, I reckon once every two years I bring out your uh, your Food Fighters interview story. I um, I retell someone oh, when it, when so it comes good. up. I mean, I probably by now the the bones of the story are so I don't know how much truth in my retelling, but um, it always gets a laugh. So I did I did think of you. Yeah. When was that? That was a fucking long time ago. That's when yeah, we were working in Sydney. Yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, it was a classic because um, we had a goons gig down in Wollongong, and we we didn't play till pretty late. And we were playing with a band called the Lost Gospel, which was um, Phil from Grinspoon and uh, Nick Wright, who was you know uh, fuck everyone knows Nick Wright if you're in Australia, but. You know, he's a legend, absolutely sick muso and a son of Stevie Wright from the Easy Beats. Oh, so yeah. like, they had this sort of like all-stars band cranking and um, we played with them in Wollongong and uh, it was just real peak dirt days, like where <laughs> everyone was really kind of sending it pretty hard. And uh, But the next day I knew I had to interview uh, Dave Grohl for Monster Children magazine and I was like, all right, I've got, I've got to get home. So I didn't tear in that night and we drove like, what is it from Wollongong back to the beach? It has to be two hours at least. Yeah, so two we hours. got back home after, yeah, after the gig and all that and um, uh, I said to Ozzy, you know, I've got to interview Dave Grohl tomorrow, mate. Like let's, you know, I'll, I'll drop you home but I, I can't come in. And, and we get to Ozzy's and there's just this fucking raging party happening, like full-blown rager. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> You know, Ozzy's going, come in, come in, come on, man. And uh, it was a fancy dress, which, you know, you know what we're like, Monday. You're like, if someone's in fancy dress, you, you want a part of it. You're oh. not just, it's not a party. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, he ends up, I just go, oh, fuck, can't say no to that. Next thing, couple of pingers deep. And uh, the sun's coming up over someone's shoulder as I'm talking to him. And I'm just like, oh, no, I've got to go interview <laughs> Dave Grohl. And he'd just been on enough rope, uh, you know, basically talking about how, you know, he'd lost Kurt to drugs. He he had been around him his whole life. He was just not down with it. And here I am just flying off my face, just having to go and interview him in like 45 minutes. It's about an hour's drive from (laughs) Ozzy's place to the city. So I 
<laughs> you know the story. I couldn't oh, drive. I was I off it. chop. So I just rang my dad and I was like, Dad, take me to this interview in the city. He happened to be at Ronnie's place. And uh, I said, if you take me, if you take me to the city, I'll, I'll take you in and meet Dave Grohl. And, uh, you know, he's a mad Foo Fighters fan. So next thing I just hear this, you know, burning rubber from four blocks away and it just screeches up out front of Ozzy's place. I jump in the car. We fang into the city. He's driving like it's, you know, fucking cannibal run. And uh, we get there to this fancy hotel in the rocks. <laughs> he gets his keys out of his dusty old fucking beaten up piece of shit. Fucking, you know, holding whatever he's got. Chucks it at the valet and he's like, park me car, cunt. I'm going to interview <laughs> Dave Grohl. <laughs> and, uh yeah, so we, we ended up walking in. I am literally just keeping the skin on my body. It wants to just peel off. I'm so baked. And we walk in and I'm just sort of Dave sitting there and uh, he's with Nate from the Foo Fighters as well and sort of walk in. I'm like, oh, hey, Dave, uh, my name's Vaughn. I'm from Monster Children. Uh, mate, this is me dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and dad just goes to him, Dave. Don't let the grey hair put you off, mate. I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. <laughs> and I think I had like maybe 15 minutes to sort of uh, interview him and and I'd ask Dave a question, pretty general, you know, normal old shit, you know, when did you know Nirvana was going to pop off? Like, you know, like all, all the stuff of Dave Grohl's life that he's just got on sort of uh, instant repeat when he gets asked that stuff. But Dave would take the question from me but then look straight at dad and answer the question <laughs> and dad was sitting there and I'd given him the big word up because you know you know Alfie Bundy, yeah. like he loves a chat if he can get going he'll talk and I had 15 minutes with Dave I said dad whatever you do do not open your mouth in this interview I've got to get at least you know 3,000 words out of out of uh, Dave Grohl so every time you know Dave's looking at dad going yeah, the first Nirvana gig that I saw where we had like 10,000 people lined up six blocks from the venue and we're pulling up in the van and Dad's just sitting there and his lips look like they were about to disappear into a black hole that had formed at the back of his throat because he was just biting his tongue that hard not to like ruin my interview. And uh, it was just epic. It was like one of the greatest things ever. And actually, uh, I wrote the story that I just told you as the intro to Monster Children. And we got a, a, an artist down in Chinatown to draw Dad and Dave hugging. And it was uh, they ran it as the intro page of the mag. And then, yeah, so the mag comes out and uh, a few weeks later I was in the office and this big parcel arrives from Sony and it's uh, kind of, you know, got the cover of Dave Grohl, it's signed and to Monster Children and all this. But then at the bottom of the box there's this thing sort of shaking around and they pull it out and it's the drawing of Dad and Dave and it has the whole story about me being off my head and taking that into the interview and Dave Grohl had signed it to uh, Vaughn and his rock and roll dad. You guys are fucking legends. And uh, it was, you know, pride of place in the, <laughs> in the pool room at Alfie's big time. Classic Alfie. And I, saw, I listened to your Yank That Swell podcast and I've seen you wheeled Alfie out a few times. That Those, those fucking ones make me laugh a lot. And you give Alfie, Alfie an audience. But um, I was going to ask you about that, Vaughn, because, mate, you're ahead of the podcast game, a bit, bit like myself and Paul, just sort of fucking furrowed, what's a, you know, plough to furrow, whatever the fucking term is, for a fucking long time, just 
kicking up dust, <laughs> kicking up dust behind us for fucking no good reason just to hear each other talk. But I've sort of been impressed that you yeah. and Jed have turned that that podcast into a into a thing, you know, and made it into a, the live shows and that. I just wondered how, yeah, how's that been for you, mate? Has it been, you know, just another little string to your bow? I know you got many fucking strings in that that quiver of yours, but yeah, I was. How did it all happen? How, how have you found it? Sort of, uh, just, it's still going. I'll, t- I'll tell you, man. It's um, it's actually pretty. It, it reminds me a lot of when I was thirteen and I first bought tracks. Like it's it's got the exact same sort of energy around it. It's um, it was the first time I'd ever seen the word "fuck" in print. Like you know, I felt I felt kind of like electrified by the language of uh, you know, I was new to surfing. I, I'd read a lot of surf mags because Dad always had them lying around, but. When I went and spent my first three bucks on my first tracks and I was reading it for the first time, like absorbing it, and I realised that there was a culture there that I was a part of, even though I didn't even know I was a part of it because it was speaking to me directly. And I don't know really what happened with the way that surfing was being communicated, but I think the biggest wake-up call for me after, like I was editing mags for 20 years, mate, I did, 10 years at uh, Waves and Tracks and then I did uh, another 10 years at Surfing World after a little break. And as that world was disappearing, uh, I was not disappearing but, um, you know, it's become a niche thing but as it was sort of like starting to dissipate in sort of as a cultural centrepiece, as the voice of like where we all connected as one big community, uh, it, it sort of, just so happened that Smivy, uh, who had already had the podcast going well before I even joined on, I, I originally went on as a guest and then eventually became co-host. But we were just free to completely be and say whatever we wanted to be and whatever we wanted to say. And so what we were actually talking about, which you'd know from doing it with Paul, was that we just wanted to fucking tee off we wanted to just have fun and we wanted to celebrate it and we just didn't really give a shit who listened to it because there was no one listening to it in the early days and um it it gained this momentum purely because everyone had started to think too much about like the way that they were communicating surfing and really the biggest fucking language of surfing goes down in car parks and you know uh, in the banter between friends and uh, I think that that's somehow had been lost. Like it became more of a, um, oh, I, I don't know. I don't really like saying this because I was part of it for so long, but it did become kind of like a, a language between the industry and the people rather than a language between the people themselves. So not to uh, take anything away from the, the writers because the writers, yeah, I guess I'm saying that, but it, it, it's different. Like, we were all part of it. We were all mates. We were still loving it just like we always loved it, but we didn't realise just how detached we'd been from the car park combo. And yeah. that combo is full of fucking gnarly, like, uh, shenanigans and realness and corners and whatever you want to say. It's just not a serious place, mate. It's not. But you can be serious in that world, but at the end it's always sort of punctuated with, you know, ridiculousness. So I think that that's what people started tuning into. And the big surprise for me, Monday, was that 
it really gained momentum quickly once podcasting became a bit of a thing. Like we realised there was a community out there that was really uh, feeling kind of detached from all the other surf media and so they gripped onto this because <laughs> we fucking love surfing. Yeah. It was that simple. Yeah. We just loved it and there was no agenda. It was just like, mate, let's just talk about it and celebrate it and not be sour as well because the other thing to remember, mate, was that comment boards kind of like created the illusion that that might happen, that that, that was going to be that space, but they were so sour. They, they weren't really celebratory places. They were more often than not teardown places, which I was never against because there's so much fucking entertainment in that world and there's so much fantastic um, insight, incredibly like fresh voices all chipping in and a lot of intelligence, way more than um, I sort of like feel comfortable engaging with a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. But I knew that my world is to celebrate surfing, like in all its forms, from the WSL to free surfing to fucking logging to freaking kite surfing, man. Like it's all there and it's little, its own little niche, its own little world, and it's all fucking sick. Like I, I'm a frother. So yeah. That's, well, that's kind of the other thing. It, it was pure, pure positivity for some stupid reason. Not all the positive noise stuff, but just frothing to be stoked on surfing again. Yeah, and that's, well, part of your appeal, Vaughn, I think, and your charm is that you've always had that inclusive, you know, you never, I, I, well, in my experience, alienated people all were too cool for school despite, you know, if, if on your business card you read Goon to Doom Frontman and Surf Editor and director and all that um but yeah that that space that you created was yeah you're right it, it it let it let people in but the people that wanted to be in and the people that love surfing so oh yeah i was fucking pretty jealous to be honest if i'm going to be fucking absolutely honest um yeah you you created, <laughs> you created a really good fucking space well done and, oh um, man the, the cool thing was smithy like nailed it with the name like i, I feel like he he was right on that cutting edge of um, media going from print to digital, you know. So he yeah. experienced all that negativity that came with the comment boards because they, it, it, I think it caught us all by surprise just how fucking gnarly people would go on there, you know. They would they would rip in harder than anything. Like I used to read the letters in tracks way back in the day and there would be that kind of intelligence and that kind of thing but never on the level of like pure tearing surfing to pieces. Like that caught me by surprise. And um, that's probably why I didn't engage on comment boards as much because well, uh, I, mean, I don't feel good when I tear shit up. Yeah. I just don't feel good. We were, I mean, this is, you know, Derek Rowley, who we all started working together way back in the day, and he's asked me to do these interviews as part of their Beach Crit thing. And that's a classic example where that, you know, the Beach Crit <laughs> forum is a fucking – it's a lively place, no doubt. They might they'll get involved in this, but you're right. It's it's a certain. But mate, it's, it's so style, fucking it's funny. funny. It's the funniest place ever. I know, and that's what oh my god, it's, just, yeah. it's got the, <laughs> the amount of energy and fucking like just brains going into so much teardown is. <laughs> I reckon it might be the number one place in the world for like pure comedy on that on that, um, in that style of comedy, you know, like it's fucking, it's actually incredible, but yeah, I, I, I can't get in there cause I'm just, I don't feel smart enough to 
like properly articulate myself in that way where I can, in, I guess in a way it's almost like I'd be terrified to try and defend myself sometimes because like, <laughs> fuck, man, when you, when you love everything, you just, you, you open yourself up to be torn down on 60 different levels at once by some real, really smart people. <laughs> <laughs> I know the fuckers. And what about the other thing? I, uh, not There's a place for it, man. There's a definitely a place for it and I love it. I, yeah. I actually fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is. You know, and it's well, it's the surfers having a crack in it. I mean, you, you know, the surfers—that's what we do, isn't it? You, you're always taking the piss, and they've just t- elevated the art form somewhat. But I, um, you know, I wrote a recent thing in tracks was about surfing. It sort of comes back to that surfing and humour, and how I think sometimes like surfing can fucking be such a humorless place, or, or not the surfing itself, but the media or the way it is. And I, I did a bit of a backtrack all the way back to like rang up you know um all the way back to like terry tube steak back in the 60s sort of to, to now to some of the you know the, just the funny fuckers out there and i just always any when there is that real humor it it really sticks you know and i that's why um which a long way of saying i'm getting around the point that i enjoyed your postcard from morgues um movie that you're involved in what was it your actual what was your title on that Vaughn? So basically, um, Rip Curl wanted to do a search, but because of COVID, uh, they they couldn't do it. They couldn't, you know, it's just, fuck, it was a nightmare. So uh, Ridgeway rang me and he's like, can we do one? Let's just bring the search home. Let's just uh, do it, you know, like where all these fucking pumping waves are. And, and as you know, fuck, the surf was cooking during COVID, like almost for two years, I think. It was just absolutely pumped, especially on the east coast of Australia. And so, um, you know, uh, Morgs had qualified and uh, I had met him and I had never heard of him, never even heard of him on a QE fucking spreadsheet or anything. I was just like, who is this kid? And he'd qualified. I was like, this is amazing. Then I met him (laughs) and I was like, oh, my God, these guys are sitting on an absolute gold nugget this guy is raw he'd never been through any systems he was a late bloomer you know he had uh he was glassy at a, at a pub in newcastle he had uh he had nothing going on really other than this fucking insane fearlessness in his approach to surfing he was just a full go at it kind of person he surfed with so much fucking mongrel and he was just uh, it's just a little rough diamond so i was like Man, we got to get this kid. We got to get this kid like out there a bit because I was just going. This is just uh, exactly what the surf world needs. And uh, yeah, so when they did the search, I was like, well, let's uh, let's get Morgs involved. And my plan was basically to do a kind of like a outer inner space where we had my, uh, Mick and uh, Mason mic'd up the entire time, just sort of like recording silly combos because that was interesting to me more than any sort of chat about anything else that was going on. And, um, yeah, it just didn't work at all because Morgs was so in awe of Mick, you know, it was just a grom. He was like, fuck, can't believe I'm hanging out with Mick, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we did a full day of shooting that and I was like, oh, no, this is not working. And um, myself and Nick Pollett, who I sort of team up with and work with on heaps of projects now, uh, he's an absolute legend, best sense of humour. And I just said, man, I think we should script this. I think we should, like, make a mad wax here. Like, we've got the boys for a few days. They can't go anywhere. The surf's kind of cooking. So we were just writing every scene 
between surfs and just hoping that it would fit together at the end. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just happened to be. Yeah, it was actually wild, mate. Like I was like tripping that it it actually even fit together when we were editing it. I was going, there's so many scenes that need to be perfect for this to like have a really like nice linear sort of storyline. And even though it's a piece of fucking mad wax garbage at the end of the day, you know, there's no artistic sort of anything going on, but just just to have the dialogue sort of like run together, you know, all that sort of back-end bullshit. Yeah. But that's all pulled off because Morgs was open to everything and he, and he was just so up for it. And uh, in the end, you know, like I think he just he showcased something that we were all craving and that's why the world fell in love with him and then he fucking took that to the next level with his performances the following year on tour. Yeah, it was – yeah, no, but you're right about – Oh, I was just going to say, my goal with anything I make, mate, is to make people laugh. Like, if you're not laughing, I've, I've, I've had a shocker because I'm not really here to tell these important stories. I'm not really here to to do that. I don't think I've ever really been here to do that. But I, I can be a conduit for that stuff, certainly when I was an editor. Like, I understood it. I respected it. But uh, when, when it comes to things that I make myself that I'm going to put my name on, I just want you to fucking laugh, man. That's all I want. Or feel something at least. If you're not laughing, feel something. And I think at the end of that film, the, the thing that surprised me that I kind of nailed, that I was hoping I nailed, was that people would love Morgan because uh, it's like, yeah, it, it, you can try to craft someone into like what you think they are, but all I wanted to do was showcase who he is so that people could enjoy the fact that we had this fucking amazing new character around and I kind of feel like we nailed it and uh, he did not disappoint when he hit the tour. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I think you know that. I really enjoyed it. It was just a bit of blast of fresh air and, and yeah, now that hearing you that you were writing it as you were shooting it, which is classic Vaughn fucking style, to be honest. How a man of your fucking spent 20 years working with deadlines who might be one of the least equipped person to deal with deadlines, but you've been doing it for so long <laughs> to do it fucking. Fucking oath, mate. <laughs> oh, dude, I just had a, such a good one today, Monday. I, I uh, told the Surfers Journal, like, about three weeks ago that I was going to interview Noah Dean yeah. uh, for the latest issue. I actually, like, they said, like, oh, could you interview Noah Dean? And I was like, yeah, sure. And um, I just fucking spaced it, mate. I had no memory of it. And then this morning I woke up and they're like, oh, could you give us a little heads up on when that interview is coming in? I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? <laughs> and um, well, luckily Noah uh, just happened to text out of the blue. So I was like, yes. <laughs> and, uh Yeah. It's it's sitting with Rev right now, mate. The transcribers. <laughs> <laughs> nice, mate. Nice. A guy. Yeah. Glitz behind the fucking the wizards. You know the wizards oh. window there, mate. It's all smokes and mirrors, isn't it? It's all this business we're in. Smokes and mirrors. I can't believe I did twenty years of deadlines. I just cannot believe it. That's <laughs> a, I, I am literally the worst human alive when it comes to any organisation. Gnarly. And what um what are you doing now, mate? What's your sort of setup? Like you up on the Lennox, and how do you sort of make your coin? Or what's what's on your business card these days? I know you're always the, the goons. Your music's still playing, or what? How do you separate your time? Basically, that's my question. Quite a boring yeah, one, but yeah, just it. uh, 
I thought you were a journo, mate. Come on, bro. Well, run us through, <laughs> no. through your day, uh, Bourne. No, yeah. No, what's uh, no, nah, nah, look, man, I, I'm, um, I uh, keep myself busy with lots of uh, – it's so weird, man. Like I've just been doing so many different odd jobs. Like, yeah, I just did that interview for the Surface Journal. I've just finished a feature film with Nick Pollett, which is a – I'll give you a heads up right now. It might be the most – fucked up thing ever seen in surfing. Like I don't think mainstream surfing has ever seen anything like what we've just finished. It's um, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like team America. We've, we've made a, a stop motion animation with um, a bunch of big surf stars in it. They all voice their own characters. Wow. And it's, completely and utterly R-rated. Like there, there is – it is a full proper surfing team America and I actually um, – man, I'm shitting myself. Like kind of have pushed the envelope with, um, you know, things here and there but never on this scale. This is a, this is a right out there. So, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely sitting on a bit of a, a, a fucking powder keg of – terror in terms of how the surf world is going to receive this thing. And what are you worried about, <laughs> like, in terms of the surfers themselves or just being, like, yeah? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that definitely comes into it. Uh, that There was no script sent out. We just sent the surfers their lines so they don't really know the context of anything <laughs> that they've said and how it fits yeah. into the film. So that's yeah. that's yeah. a bit scary, but yeah. I know that they trust me, so that's fine. Like, I, I would never stitch anything up and... I've never, ever done anything mean, I don't think. In my life, I've never, ever, ever done anything mean. So, like, nothing's mean-spirited. Nothing is, um, you know, horrible or whatever. But, uh, yeah, we, we, it's it's definitely uh, a big – I think it's the furthest out there I've, I've pushed the limits in terms of, like, what I think is funny. And then uh, I think a lot of people will hate it. So uh, I'm hoping that the beach grit community really love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, that's that's been a big job. And um, and then just fuck, it is literally all sorts. We've got like a, an eight that swell tour going on at the moment. We're starting the uh, Swellian Army down at Bells in a week or two. So we're going to be um, instead of just going down to the beach and watching a surf comp, we're going to rope off a section. We're going to bring in a bunch of songs. We're going to turn it. We're turning it into an actual spectator sport. Uh, yeah, a bit like a, so fan, man, a fan zone in sort the, of footy. Yeah, man, exactly. It's like Batchy's Blues, Barmy Army. Like we, we want to like turn up the experience of watching surfing. Uh, so that's one thing. And then we got, yeah, the, the Children of the Corn tour in full swing and then a bunch of other shit. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Work, I, man. I, I feel like there's not enough hours in the day. It's It's definitely busy. That's good. Well, there's enough fucking hours that I get on the piss all fucking day on a Wednesday. Yeah, there's enough hours <laughs> to get boozed at lunchtime for sure. Yeah, that Tuesday's hours go quick when that happens, don't they? They, they run away real fast. Oh, brother. Well, it's huge. It's but nice, yeah. though. No, oh, it's going good, Bundy. I'm fucking... Good, man. Good to hear. Well, that's that's a wrap. It's nice to end on a nice note. I, I like the fact that you've never been mean to anybody. I like. I wish I could. Oh, I've definitely been mean. I just I try not to not, be, that's all. Yeah. I think the last time I was mean to someone was when I pulled down Guy Sebastian's pants at a party. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not proud of that. That, that was a mean thing to do. 
but that was a long time ago. And I, sort of, I sort of got over it. Hey, how's this? Are you like this? Because I, um, I was in the in the Canaries and we met these um, group about 26. They were from like Iceland and Greenland, weirdly. Mm. And uh, we said, oh, yeah, yeah. And then we just started talking. They said, oh, what goes in Iceland? They said, oh, you know, we love the uh, Eurovision Song Contest. They, they go on cruises. They, they fucking love it. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And they went, and I said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Australia. They're like, no way. They go, do you know Guy Sebastian? And I was like, oh, yes, please. You sit do down. Ever. <laughs> sit down, girls. I've got a story for you. And um, I told the story how I just dacked him at the party, at that Bondi party many moons ago. And they just looked at me in horror. Wow. They were just like, why would you, like, assault a man? Why would you assault a, a, a pop star? And I was like, oh. Oh, I was just supposed to be supposed to be funny, and that was it. Anyway, so that's 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 why it's that's why it's terrifying trying to be funny, money, because <laughs> generally you only laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> oh, I'm the same, mate. I'm the same. But uh, hey, mate, I uh, can't wait to see you, brother. You're a yeah. well, So stoked to catch up. Thanks, Vaughn. Thanks for your time as ever. Uh, yeah, I'll see you soon on Around the Traps. Enjoy Bells. Uh, keep, yeah, give me a heads up when your new project's out. I want, I want a piece of that. And I love you, mate. I'll be in touch. You too, buddy. Love you, buddy. Get a dog up, yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.